Hey y'all, it's Emily with my two little creepsters, Max and Alec. And you're listening to a Paranormal Chicks. And remember... Creep it real. Don't get scared. Carrie and we are paranormal chicks sinister sightings 52 and if this damn pollen does not go away everybody's gonna think I have COVID-19 right oh my god did y'all see that thing that said allergies are going to be the Salem witch trials of 2020 right it is meanwhile my gray car is yellow from pollen I know I know it's so bad but you know what was not bad at all in fact Amazing. Emily and her little creepsters. I mean, could that have been cuter? No, it really could not have because, oh my gosh. Did it have voices? I know. Don't get scared. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, little Donna. (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all so much for that intro. Seriously, the perfect way to start, you know, our favorite episodes of every week. 100. And if you want to introduce an episode, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right, let's just jump right in. This one is about urban legends. I was born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Upon graduating high school in 1993, I went to Ole Miss for a few years and then transferred to Southeastern University in 1997. I transferred because, as my mom put it, the party is over, it's your turn to pay. I couldn't afford Ole Miss, but I could afford SLU. SLU is in Hammond, Louisiana, and Hammond is surrounded by little rural towns in South Louisiana. So glad I didn't get this one to read because, (laughs) woo! (laughs) When I started my first year at SLU, I decided to live in the dorms and go potluck with roommates. The dorm we lived in was set up as suites, four rooms to a suite with a communal bath and shower area. Six to eight girls were assigned to each suite. My suite had six of us. I ended up living with a bunch of pot-smoking, self-proclaimed hippies. Personally, there was not much hippiness about any of my roommates except the pot-smoking and occasional tie-dye t-shirt. Two of my roommates, Jen and Shanda, were from North Shore, a.k.a. North Lake Pontchartrain, Louisiana. Another roommate, Bree, was from Fort Ashe, Louisiana. Then, the sixth roommate was from Chalmette, Louisiana, Little Amy. All of us got along well, and we hung out a lot. Bree had a friend who lived off campus in a tiny town near campus. While hanging out one night, partaking of some herbal essence, my friend told us an urban legend and a story of a boy named Michael Brown from Springfield, Louisiana. Springfield is another small rural town near SLU. This urban legend was also supposedly on the TV show Unsolved Mysteries. After a long day of hunting around 1983, Michael Brown, who was 15 years old, was walking along a back road near Holden, Louisiana. A hit-and-run driver killed him. His body was discovered along the road. There were no clues as to what happened to Michael Brown. The case was unsolved. After the funeral and internment, everyone left the gravesite. Michael's mother, for some reason, went back to the gravesite. When she arrived, she discovered a stick figure drawing depicting what happened to Michael carved into the back of his headstone. Michael's spirit 
came back and left the carving on his headstone. The drawing showed a stick figure Michael, a stick figure dog, a stick figure car with a license plate number and name of the driver. It was the first lead of who committed the hit and run. Local law enforcement followed up on the license plate number and name. Police confronted the driver and the driver confessed. After my roommates and I heard the story, we had to go see the headstone. It was about 10 p.m. during the fall. The six of us split up into two cars, three and three. Me, little Amy, and Chandra in my 1989 black 240DL Volvo. Big Amy, the other Jen, and Bree were in Jen's Honda. While driving the curving, dark, foggy, rural back roads of South Louisiana to Michael Brown's Cemetery, Little Amy, Chandra, and I decided to play a practical joke on Big Amy. We would get out of the cars at the graveyard, find the headstone, look at it. Then, when we walked back to the cars to leave, I would disappear, quote-unquote, a.k.a. I would hide behind a tree. As my roommates looked for me, they would, one by one, disappear too, leaving Amy by herself. While looking for all of us, we would jump out from behind a tree and scare the everlasting crap out of Big Amy and hoped she did not have a heart attack. When we got to the graveyard in Springfield, the graveyard had a U-shaped paved road through it. We parked our cars in the little parking area off to the side, got out, and started wandering around the graveyard with flashlights looking for Michael Brown's headstone. The graveyard was hilly and had many different types of oak trees, magnolias, and pine trees. We found the headstone. Surely enough, there was a stick figure drawing on the back of the headstone. As soon as we saw it, Big Amy beelined back to our cars. She hollered as she waddled up a hill in the dark towards our cars. It's time to go. We saw what we came for. We don't need to hang out. She was spooked and scared. We attempted to conjole her out of Jen's Honda. She was not having it. She said, I saw the headstone. There isn't anything else to see. I'm not hanging out in a cemetery where things can get pissed and kill me. Big Amy was an extra-large pizza and had a reputation for being loud, outspoken, and crazy. Is she us? She was funny as all get out, too. Almost like a female John Candy or Chris Farley. Anyway, the joke backfired. Here I am, hiding behind a huge old water oak tree at around midnight in a friggin' cemetery, and my roommates are all wandering around, loudly whispering, Where's Jen? Jen! Meanwhile... Big Amy is already in the backseat of the Honda, yelling her head off at the back car window. Jennifer, get your ass from wherever you are and come on. She continued to yell, come on, stop playing. Her voice echoed through the whole damn cemetery. Everyone started hollering at Amy, shh, shut up, stop yelling, Five-O will come. Back then we called the Popo Five-O. <laughs> We decided the gig was up. I came out from behind the water oak tree I was hiding behind and walked back to my mafia-looking Volvo. As soon as we all got back into the cars, started them up, and drove out of the cemetery, the local police pulled into the cemetery, scanning and flashing their spotlights around. Boy, we hauled butt out of that cemetery. Luckily, the cops did not see and did not chase after us. When we got back to the dorms, Big Amy claimed she knew we were going to play a joke on her. Thanks for reading, and thanks for the stories. Love y'all. Creep it real. Jen B. I need to look that up, because that's really cool, though, if, yeah, like, about that urban legend. And also, I love these kind of stories, too. Like, it doesn't have to be a, like, sinister sighting. Yeah. Because, uh, you know what? Like we always say, 
people are the real monsters, y'all. For we real. Will, we will fuck our friends up for a laugh. She ain't lying, y'all. All right. Hey, ladies. I've only started listening recently, but I love you guys so much. You're all I've been listening to while at work. I've been binge listening to Sinister Sightings, and I thought, why not send you guys some of mine? I've always been sensitive to the otherworldly things since I was little, and I have a good handful of stories. The one I'll tell y'all today happened probably when I was around 14 or 15. My dad worked at a bar down the road that was pretty known to be haunted, and a lot of stuff happened there. Some of the ghosts were nice or just sad, but never wanted him to leave the bar, like keeping him from setting the code most nights so my mother had to stand behind him and tell them to back off and that they would be back the next night. Damn. However, there was this one quote-unquote ghost, though I always referred to it as a wraith. That wasn't in any way nice, and long story short, ended up following my dad home. Oh, no. I used to get up and pace while listening to music at night because I had insomnia, and it helped clear my mind, and most nights, it was fine. I did it in the dark with nothing on and headphones in my ears, not to wake up anyone. But one night, I felt the sinister energy right outside the attic entry door, which was right before my bedroom. But when I went to open the door to look, something inside me screamed not to, to just go lay down with my little sister. So I did. But a few nights later, I was in a very vivid dream. That I walked to my parents' room, which was across the house, while a very angry presence was standing outside their closed bedroom door in the dream. I, in some way, told it that it wasn't allowed in the room and to leave as I stood outside the door. Then I woke up with a gasp as I heard a very male voice tell me to die. Holy shit. I was spooked, but able to fall back asleep. Who are you, Carrie? (laughs) Damn. But when I woke up later that day or the next, my parents were telling me that the same night of the dream, they had been talking about spirits and stuff and that they felt an angry spirit coming toward their room. Then, as my dad put it, a female spirit was standing in between their door and the dark presence. Whoa. I had not told them about my dream. And that's just one thing that happened with that quote-unquote spirit. But I thought you guys might think this was interesting. Just a creepy girl from Alaska, Sammy. Whoa, Sammy. Your whole family's a little sensitive, it sounds like. Yeah. But it's crazy that, like, they saw her energy. Yeah. You know, in her, like, so it was kind of like astral projection. True. But the die part? Uh, Oh. uh -uh. Mm Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay, the next one. Hi, Donna and Carrie. I absolutely love your podcast. It was recommended to me by Spotify, and I have not stopped listening to it. I'm always laughing out loud in the car, and I recommended it to my sister. Thank you. We love paranormal stories. Our mom raised us on them. Our family has had a lot of crazy paranormal stories, so I'm happy to share those with y'all. This time, I want to share my experiences at my university in middle Georgia. Also, this one's called Paying for College Tuition with a Sprinkle of Hauntings. That made me giggle. Our campus is pretty old, and there are plenty of ghost sightings and rumors of our residence halls. Here are just some that I can provide a lot of detail about. I was a resident assistant my junior year of college, and I was on the first floor of the building with the first-year students. As an RA, one of your responsibilities is to be the RA on duty for one weekday and one weekend. 
After the first month, I came to realize that none of the other RAs really did them, so I didn't either. Well, maybe just the first round at 6 p.m. RA duty could last up to midnight or 2 a.m., and I needed to sleep for class since I'm a student first. I would have my favorite residents watch scary movies or Vine compilations in my room, and one day, one of my residents told me they... And then in parentheses, they identify as non-binary, so I hope it doesn't get confusing with the neutral pronouns. So, okay. They saw a ghost at the end of the hallway. I was shooketh. The two other residents who would also hang out in my room both said, You saw her too? Apparently, there was a woman in a white dress on the other side of the hall. Thank God it wasn't on my side. I sound like a horrible RA. The two girls who live in the same room said they had seen the same woman in their room in the middle of the night, and she was just looking at their desks and disappeared. The other person said they were on the couch of the lobby area that splits the hallway in half. They watched the ghost lady walk through the door at the very end of the hall to the other door across from it. Another time, the same resident saw the end of her dress as she walked to the second floor of the building where the upperclassmen boys lived. I was so glad I never did the late night rounds because I would have peed myself right there. Our campus is pretty old and I've heard plenty of stories of different buildings being haunted. This story is back from my first year in college in my friend's haunted room. My friend, let's call her Mary, lived at the end of our hall. It was always so freaking cold. The huge AC vent was right next to their door and it never got warmer. Us girls in the hall didn't think much of it. It's an old residence hall. Then it got weird. Mary loves horror movies, and I would watch them with her to get over my fear of them. One night, we were watching Devil, a 2010 film where five people get stuck in an elevator, and there was a scene in the movie where the Hispanic security guard starts praying, and I was like, I know this prayer, and I proceeded to say the prayer with him. I should mention that there were girls in our hall running around while we were watching the movie. As I'm saying the prayer, the door starts to shake. We assumed it was from the girls running. I go back to saying the prayer, and this door starts to shake again. This time, Mary goes to check the hallway because we were getting a bit annoyed by it. No one was out there. I pray again with the movie playing, and the door shakes, and I just give up praying because I'm scared. That wasn't the only time my friend had weird things go on in there. Mary had a roommate and her roommate would just get a bad feeling in the room when it was just her. They had closets with locks on them, but they could only be locked with a key. Mary had to call Res Life to unlock it because neither her or her roommate could have locked it in the first place. Eventually, Mary's roommate changed rooms, so Mary had the room to herself. To make more space in the room, she had bunked the beds, so she slept in the bottom bunk. In the middle of the night, she swore she saw the top bunk sink as it does when a person gets on top of it. We didn't know what it was in that room, but it didn't feel like a good energy. One of our friends suggested to bring a bowl of holy water. If it boiled, it meant there was a demon in there. Mary was just fine not knowing what it was. Luckily, nothing happened to my friend besides being spooked, and it's just something we get to share with others during spoopy season. Also, Donna's laugh reminds me of my RA freshman year, so listening to it gives me a warm, happy feeling. I love y'all. Creep it real. Amelia Bedelia. First, I love fucking Amelia Bedelia. Mm-hmm. She was my friend. I remember one time she was making a cake, and it said add dates, 
and she took the calendar calendar and did it. And I did not understand that. And my mom had to explain it. And I was like, oh. But, like, I didn't know what dates were. I ate McDonald's. Those those books are actually pretty genius because, I mean, they teach kids so much, like, homonyms and stuff. Homonym, homonym, homonym. Homonym. (laughs) (laughs) Also, glad you like my laugh. Or maybe... No, 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 no. She said it gives her a warm, happy feeling, so. Mm-hmm. Anything's better than that fucking Heine laugh. I loved my RA freshman year. Uh-huh. Like, loved her. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to be an RA because of her. But then Carrie joined me, and the rest was history. We were, we were roommates. And then that's when I gained my freshman 800. <laughs> All right. Hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I love all the spooky, interesting things y'all talk about. I wanted to submit my own story, and now I finally have time to sit down and do it. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19? Oh my God. Y'all, if you're listening to this and you're like, I have nothing to do, write us all your stories. Mm -hmm. Like, what you got to do? Nothing's open. Just a forewarning, it's going to be a long one. I'm 21 now, but this happened when I was 11, and it stuck with me ever since. When I was 11, my mama and my stepdad moved us, me and my two little brothers, from Lacey Springs, Alabama, to Clarksville, Tennessee. It was a really big change for all of us, and we were pretty poor. We lived in a single-family home, which was fairly new. It had to have been built in the early 2000s at least. As soon as we moved in, weird things started to happen, but we didn't think much of it. We would turn on the lights just to have a brand new bulb blow. If we sat anything down, it would disappear. So we'd just search around the house for whatever it was just to find the thing in the place where we'd originally left it. The house had a hallway closet that consistently smelled like rotting meat. Or a really strong mildew smell. My mom cleaned it out, scrubbed the carpet in it, and it still smelled. So then my stepdad tried to check and see if there was a leak, but nothing. We could never get that smell to go away. Whenever you came in the house, there was an automatic pressure and tension in the air. I always felt like I was being watched, especially at night. As a kid, I was a night owl, and I always felt like there was something in my room with me. The house had a terrible energy attached to it as well. My mom and stepdad had some of their worst arguments in that house. I became troubled emotionally and mentally at that same time as well. My mom would work in the evening, so she would tell us to clean the house and make sure all the lights and water was off so my dad could pick us up and we would stay with him until she got off work at 9 or 10. At least a couple of nights a week, we would come back home around 9.30 or 10, pull up in the driveway, and we could see that my little brother's TV was on through the window. My mom would get so mad because she would tell us to make sure everything was off if no one was home. But here's the thing. My mama always put the fear of God in us about this stuff, and we never left stuff on. Also, the TV screen was always left on the blue VCR screen, which means someone would have had to physically go up to the TV and press the input button to get to that screen. Doors would always close on their own, but we always chalked it up to a draft or something in the house. Sometimes we would go into the kitchen and the drawers and the cabinets, they would just be open. 
One night, my two little brothers were watching a movie. My mom and my stepdad were in their room, also, quote unquote, watching a movie. Brown chicken, brown cow. (laughs) (laughs) I was cleaning the kitchen, and I noticed that the medical tape was in the cabinet with medicine when it should have been in the first aid kit in the bathroom. So I walked down the hallway, which is dark, and I put my hand around the bathroom door frame to turn on the light when something catches my eye. This whole thing probably lasted for a total of 30 seconds, but to me, it felt like forever. I look over to my left at my little brother's bedroom door, diagonal from me, and there's a teenage girl floating in the doorway. Holy shit. She was floating just a couple of inches off the ground, and she was barefoot. Her skin was gray, dirty, and partially decomposed. She was wearing what looked like a white nightgown or a dress that had rips in it and had some mud or maybe blood, and her hair was long, wet, and matted. It looked like something had hit her over the head. She looked solid, like I could reach out and touch her. And her expression was neither happy nor sad. Her mouth showed no expression. The most unsettling thing about her appearance, though, was that she had no eyes. Mm-mm. Where her eyes should have been, they were just black pits. The feeling that came over me is something I can only describe as evil. My body gave me every signal to get the hell away from her as quickly as possible. I had never felt anything that dark before. I couldn't scream. I could barely move. My jaw dropped and I slowly backed out of the hallway until I was in the living room. And as I backed up, she slowly faded away. I kept walking backwards until the backs of my feet hit the couch, and then I sat down. My little brother looked at me and said the most ironic thing he could have possibly said. What's wrong, Gingy? You look like you've seen a ghost. Mm Mm-mm. Nope. Mm Mm-mm. I didn't even look at him. I just said, please be quiet. And I just tried to calm down. I sat there for an hour trying to process what the hell I'd just seen. Here I am, 11 years old, feeling crazy as hell. Finally, my mom came out of her bedroom and I broke down telling her what had happened. She didn't believe me. She thought I hallucinated it. To this day, I've never seen anything like that. I've had a lot of paranormal experiences because I've always been a little more sensitive to that kind of thing. I think that's why I was the only person in the house to see her. I don't know who she is or who she was. I don't know what she wanted. I don't know why she showed herself to me. That experience made me feel so crazy for so long and I questioned myself a lot. It was an affirmation that either I was crazy or there was a realm of spirits that actually exist. I barely ever tell this story because most people don't believe me. Even now, just writing about it freaks me out. I can still see her face so vividly. Anyways, there's a lot more stories I'll submit, but this one should do for now. Don't get scared, Ginger. Wow, I would have flipped my lid. Yes, holy Hannah. Uh Uh-uh. Also, you're very brave to, like, hit your... Like, all I can picture is, like, her turning on the lights, like, before she gets in there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, not seeing what's in there. I don't know. I feel like someone's going to stab my hand. I don't. I have weird. (laughs) That's weird. I have weird thoughts, y'all. Yeah. Does that make me crazy? 
that doesn't, but everything else you do does. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this one is from Courtney over at the podcast, Cult of Domesticity Podcast. Hey ladies, I loved hanging out with you guys in Chicago and wish we could have longer. My possible true crime event was pretty strange and you could even say it was maybe paranormal. So I thought I would share my crazy story from walking my dog, Schnitzel, a super active German Shepherd. I walk Schnitzel for my sister, her actual owner. I'm just a fun puppy aunt. And we go to various parks around Cleveland. One day, I'm walking Schnitzel at our normal spot, Chapin Forest in Kirtland. Yes, where the cult murders happened. We have almost finished our mile loop and come up to another parking lot slash playground area. I was listening to podcasts, as I always do when walking schnitzel, but I heard what sounded like a baby crying over the podcast. While I only saw a man with his dog and a middle-aged man on the trails, it was spring in Cleveland, so not exactly warm out. The baby crying freaked me the fuck out. Somehow, I kept my cool and tried to determine if there actually was a baby across the street in the woods. The park bordered some houses where, at some points on the path, you can see into people's backyards. Well, where the baby was crying from, you cannot see any house for miles. Just forest. As Ohio is a sanctuary state, aka you can drop children off at hospitals or churches, this creeped me the fuck out. I kept playing it cool with schnitzel sniffing everything and not freaked out the only way I knew I was safe. As soon as I was out of sight of the woods where I thought the baby was, I booked it the remaining quarter of a mile back to my car. Of course, I checked under the cars as I walked down the hill to it and all my tires. Not going to be murdered. The weirdest thing, there was only one car in the lot, aka the man with the dog. My friend Ashley agrees with me that I avoided being almost killed slash kidnapped. My father believes I left a baby in the woods. What do you think? Let me know if you want me to send in my ghost stories. High five, Courtney. Well, like Carrie said, that one guy would do the baby crying. Well, I think it was either an animal that just really... Because isn't there an animal that sounds like a baby crying? Yeah, it does. Well, I don't know if it's like a baby crying, but it does sound like feminine. Yeah. Which could be... So it was either that or someone was trying to kidnap you. What if it was, like, on the podcast, but it was just, like... Background noise? Yeah, but, oh, that would be such a dirty, dirty thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, that ambient noise. (laughs) Courtney, we loved hanging out with you, too, and hopefully, hopefully you're at the next podcast festival. Hell, hopefully we all are. Yeah, and hopefully that doesn't get canceled. And, of course, we want your ghost stories, girl. Send them in. Hey ladies, this is my first submission for a Sinister Sightings, and I just want to say that you ladies are the best. I listen to you on my long commutes to work, and you make the one and a half plus hours much more enjoyable. So I'm going to tell you a story about an experience I had when I was a sophomore in college with my ex-fiance. We've had so many college stories this time. Always a fucking theme. I know. Oh my gosh. Sorry, it just like dawned on me. Yeah. We had been together for a year at this point, and he had told me that there were times when strange things would happen to him, but he would never go into great detail. Should have been the first sign. He often made references that things were dark, but I didn't push for anything more. So one night, I'm in my apartment, and after falling asleep, I feel that my room has seemed to get cooler, but it was winter, so I didn't think too much about it. 
I'm laying on my back and all of a sudden I get this feeling as if someone is sitting on my chest and I'm being pushed into my mattress. Sheer panic has come over me and all I could think and feel was that I shouldn't open my eyes, so I didn't. I just kept saying over and over in my head, please stop, please go away. And after what seemed like an eternity, it did stop. I opened my eyes and there was nothing there and everything seemed as it should be. I thought maybe I dreamed it all. It was very bizarre for me. I should say at this point that I am or was a skeptical believer. I definitely believe that things exist, but have a hard time justifying it and not rationalizing everything. Hello, Carrie. I was going to say, sound familiar? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So the next day, I message my then-fiancé and tell him of the weird occurrence the previous night. He immediately messages me back and states that I need to let him know if that ever happened again immediately. At this point, I was three and a half hours away from him at school. There was not much I felt he could do anyway. I say, okay, but why are you so alarmed about this? He then tells me the history behind all the craziness that has happened throughout his life. I guess things started to happen to him when he was a little boy. He would see things in his room, dark figures, red eyes, and the sword. He had some family roots that traced back to Native Americans, and his grandmother was very in touch with all of this. She told him that he was a quote-unquote special little boy. He told me that his ex-girlfriend also had things happen to her. She was in the room and had her curtains open on a sunny day, and her room all of a sudden went completely dark without closing the curtains or anything. He explained that whatever may be attached to him seemed to follow those who he was close to. In the time that we were together, other things happened. One night, I woke up after we moved in together and smelled burning. When I woke him up and told him, he flew out of bed and told me not to move. He left our room but never told me if he saw anything or what was going on when he came back. This had been the first and only time something like this has ever happened to me, and he seemed to almost invite this stuff to happen after a while. He was really into the super scary movies, and after experiencing this in my real life, I did not want to relive it in quote-unquote entertainment. He started to become consumed with it. We eventually split, and once I was no longer connected to him, everything stopped. I do not know what happened those nights, and while I never actually saw anything, I can tell you that some people have a darkness to them, and I believe that crazy things like this do happen. I will leave you with that story for now. Thank you again for all that you do. I love laughing with you each day and hearing your stories. Creep it real, Amber. Wow, Amber. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you got the hell out of Dodge. Right? First, I thought she was going to say that he was on her chest. Yeah. Tell them what your CoStar app told you. What was your horoscope thing today on the CoStar app? Oh, yeah. CoStar, y'all, if y'all don't have CoStar, consider yourself lucky because that motherfucker side-eyes me every fucking day. That's the damn truth. CoStar's like an astrological, typey, horoscopey, all your information. From birth chart. Like, yeah, chart, like your birth chart, yeah. And it is so accurate and so on point with your life. Sometimes I want to tell it, quit looking into my soul. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, mine today was red flags don't disappear if you ignore them. I was like, mm-hmm, okay. Okay, co-star. Well, I'm going to ignore this notification. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Hey from Bonnie Scotland, ladies. I love your podcast. You've had me in absolute stitches, and I have been caught ugly laughing at the traffic lights more than once. I'm talking snort laughing. The whole works. You recently asked for spooky things kids have said. I'm a little behind playing catch up, but I'm binging. Um, first, hello, Scotland. Two, ugly laughing is the only way to laugh. And three, snort all the fuck you want to. Growing up, my mom always said and still says that I was the spooky Wayne. It's Scottish for kid. My sister and I shared a room for most of our lives. And when we were little, my mom would always hear me talking to someone. I'd be carrying on a conversation, not waking my sister, who slept like the dead and snored like a chainsaw. Thank fuck she grew out of that. (laughs) Donna did not. First co-star, now Carrie. No, (laughs) first co-star, and then my other fucking (laughs) co-star. My mom would come through, and I'd be sitting up in the middle of my bed just chatting. She'd ask me who I was talking to, and I'd casually respond, the man at the end of the bed. Like, who else would I be talking to? I'm a known sleep talker and once hallucinated my ex dressed as a vegetable after he'd woke me out of a fucked up dream. So I haven't grown out of that stage yet. Oh my gosh. Just to be like calmly, oh, the man at the end of the bed. Mm-mm. No. I've had a few creepy experiences over the years, but my most recent one has been one of the scariest. In the house I shared with my ex, I was convinced we had a ghost cat. This didn't bother me because I have two cats already, and a ghost cat was oddly comforting. But feeling a cat tail curl around my neck and seeing the tip of a tail only to look down and find there's no cat there, or feel a cat walk over you in bed, but when you go to clap it, there's no cat there, is unnerving. The other experience in that house was with a lady in a gray dress and long black hair covering her face, running at me full pelt as I came out of my bathroom. I pressed myself to the wall and breathed through it until I got into my bed. When I lay down, I knew she was there, but I closed my eyes and repeated that she wasn't real until she was gone. Safe to say someone is breathing on your face when they're not meant to be there is fucking terrifying. I've had an experience with her in the flat, but I'm not keen to write it down yet in case I invite her back. This turned out a bit longer than expected, but I hope you enjoyed it. I love hearing everyone's stories and listening to both of you. Creep it real. Love from Scotland, Natalie. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine being a mom and being like, what the fuck you mean you see? Who's this man? I could not imagine being a mom. And then to have my kids say that, I'd be like, leave the house. Just get out and take the man with you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Ooh, this one, this one, the title already got me like, the fuck? It says, not sure what I am. Oh, shit. Hello, I'm writing this for the Sinister Sightings. I love this part of the podcast and have been on the fence about sharing my experiences. From the stories I've heard, people always have one to two stories. I easily have a couple dozen. I'd like to start off with that my birthday is on November the 2nd, the Day of the Dead. The conclusion that I came to was that having a near-death experience at a very young age, less than a year old, led to my clairvoyance. My parents at the time were 15 and 16 and lived with my grandmother in a four-story apartment complex. Since they lived on the top floor, the family would gather on the roof and have cookouts there. 
Long story short, the complex caught fire and my parents forgot me and left me on the roof. (gasps) Luckily, my great-grandma had 12 kids and each of my grandmothers had around six or eight, so I had enough uncles to start a football team. The firefighters were refusing to let anyone else inside the building, even through the fire escape. My uncles were able to fight them off just enough for my aunt to climb up and retrieve me, but she did suffer many severe burns. Oh, God. Now, the first experiences that I had, I knew nothing about, and my mother didn't tell me about them until I was already 28 and married with kids. I'll share two stories to keep this short. One, I had no recollection of since I was too young, and one of the first experiences I remember when I was around the age of six. My mom had a friend that her daughter had passed away when she was only around three and had another daughter after that but was born with Down syndrome. Now, the way the three-year-old died was pretty gruesome. For my Mexican people out there, we like to cook on big metal discs filled with oil called quesos. It's like an Asian wok but the size of an average tire. Shit. The little girl was left unattended. She got too close to the queso. I really hope I'm saying that right. And it tipped over on her and she died when the oil hit her face and body. Oh, God. Now, one day I was over at my mom's friend's house and I was playing with her second daughter, the one with Down syndrome. I was also around three or four years old. She had one of those tiny houses that have stoves, fridges, all the things that little girls would use to play house. Well, as the story goes, I go running inside to tell my mom that the ugly girl won't let me play. My mom quickly tried shutting me up and giving me the, oh no, honey, she's not ugly. She has Down syndrome, etc. But I reply to her, no, it wasn't, insert second daughter's name, I don't really remember. It's another girl that has an ugly face. My mom's friend asked me to describe who I saw and was in tears because she was sure I was describing her first late daughter who was really jealous with her toys. Oh, my gosh. Now, the second story I want to share is one of the things I could do, but I wasn't really sure how I was doing it. But I could see my family members in my house. But these family members had no business being there or just no way for them to actually be the family member I was seeing. For example, I'd see my cousin Nora, but she lived in Mexico while I was in Texas. And I'd see them doing average things around the house, like sitting in the kitchen, etc. But I always knew it wasn't really that family member I was seeing. Usually, I could only see them for one to three seconds, and they would fade away after I either blinked or looked away. I wasn't sure why I could do this, but it didn't really scare me, nor did I know how to properly explain myself to my parents to describe what I was going through. My parents had gotten a divorce, and my dad had moved out. I had gone two years without seeing my dad. I started to think to myself, I don't know how I make people appear, but I wish I could make my dad appear. And I got my wish. What? I saw my dad standing in the hallway. One of the features that these apparitions always had was that every feature of the person I knew was correct except the face. It was like seeing a very good lookalike, but just the original person. Also, the eyes were so blurry that I could never really see the pupils. Normally, I'd always look away after two to three seconds, but since I really missed my dad, I didn't blink for a good 10 to 15 seconds. After I blinked, my dad was still standing there in the hallway. It made me really confused because he didn't disappear. 
I buried my face on the sofa, and after 10 seconds, I looked back at the hallway, and my dad was still there. I reburied my face on the sofa and never looked back. I was so terrified that I fell asleep in the sofa with my face buried on the pillows. This continued over the years and not the only thing I go through. I've heard things, seen things, and felt things. And the best thing out of all of this is that it hasn't happened to me alone. I've been with my mom, brother, and best friend when I go through a paranormal episode. So it's very reassuring that I'm not crazy. Love your podcast and I'll share more if you are ever interested. Hector P. Wow. I I want to know like how he does it. I don't know. Like he got again astral projection like he forces them to basically. You know what I mean? Like that's what it mm-hmm. sounds like. That's wild. I just don't understand how they see it like in their mind but yet it's like real but it's in their mind. You know like yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah, because it's like magic eye stuff when people are like, it's literally just like a horse on a white piece of paper. It's like, or it's a black background and it's a mm-hmm. white horse. I don't see it. Yeah. Or it'll be like those pictures where it's like, you see a person drinking coffee, but then like an elephant, you know, like, if yeah, you, like, can which one can you see, you know? Yes. And it's just so... That's the only way I can think of, like, how they see it is, like, with the black background and white, like, fuzziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all, thank y'all so much. These stories were so good. Again, as always, we say it every episode. Y'all never disappoint with the stories. Ever. So thank y'all for keeping on sending in these stories. If you want us to read your story on an episode, email them to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember... Creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.